This is Kieran Murphy, the founder and presenter of the Across the Four Lakes podcast. Sean Murphy to John Murphy. This is Connor Lawler. This could be the icing on the cake. Second goal for Carlo. And surely now they're into the Leinster semi-final. Carlo have restarted quickly. Long ball sent into that inside forward line. Oh, and it's broken for James Doyle. Goal chance for Carlo and they've taken it. My guest on this Across the Four Legs podcast is Robert Sanson, the GAA Games Development Manager in Carlo. He had a checkered football career playing in goal for Loud before transferring to Ballinabrana. He went on to represent Carlo between the sticks, but with his new club, he played outfield. He could well have been the Kieran Donaghy of the Ballinabrana club, where the Dramiscan native became a target in his new position, full forward. That all fair enough, Robert? There's, there's is, only it, one. Is, yeah, it a reasonable, is it a reasonable description of you? I, it's a Darabernate, not a Dramiscan one. That's the only thing I'll have to pull you up on. Okay, okay. Well, I tell <laughs> you this. I, I got it on the internet that you were Dramiscan, but no, obviously I, I, somebody I, I, else is wrong. What's the name of the club? Uh, St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's. Okay, so, okay. Uh, it's a joint parish, so I can let you off with that one. Yeah, all right. Come here. Louder going well in the league, aren't they? Louder going brilliant. Um, it just shows what can happen when like there's good structures put in place and like everyone or everyone buys into the structures, I suppose is the fairest way to put it. Um geez, they they really are to have to come through four, three, two on the cusp of making it to division one now next week. Like what a story that would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Out of a lot yeah. of friends still on the panel, a lot of that they would have grown up with and played underage football with. So um, I have a cousin on it as well so please God now they can produce a bit of magic now on Sunday against the Dubs they've beaten Kildare and Mead haven't they beaten Kildare and Mead Cork um, they threw away a lead against Clare in the first game and they were beaten by Derry they were actually beaten Derry in the last five minutes and they conceded what I seen it it was a fortuitous goal so look could very easily be sitting here now where they've beaten Clare and beaten Derry they could be promoted already so look, I suppose you could say it's the same with a lot of teams um, Carlo were very unlucky against Wicklow on day one against Leash here as well Carlo could just as easily be sitting here going we're ready to go for promotion as well so it's them small margins really at this level yeah. that define yeah. things Get the games the loud games or will you be in where's, where's that match on Sunday? Against Croker. Croker. I, I, I plan on going up, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I look I haven't seen any live. I've been following them all on the radio or on Twitter where possible. Um, like I said, I have a cousin involved, so uh, I'm sort of always keen to see how they're getting on and I look I'd always follow them to, especially now when they're going well. Like yeah. any good man, they're going well, you follow them. Yeah, what did you say to the Carlo lads last year when Lau put so many goals past Carlo in the, in I, the uh, championship? I, I had my Carlo jersey on that day, so I did. <laughs> you, um, were, you were kicking with both feet, I suppose. Oh, no, I, I, I was firmly in the Carlo camp there. Yeah, Listen, are you enjoying the, the job? How long are you in now? 
Oh, I'm in the job now since probably April, give or take um, a bit of a crossover period, obviously, with Sean. Um, in fairness, of Sean was a great help when I settled there, or helping me settle in. And in fairness, I don't give him credit too often, but he's always at the end of the phone there now if I ever do need him for anything. So, um, I'm not no, face anyway, yeah, yeah. It's it's a thoroughly enjoyable role. Um, look, we have a great team in here. Look, you know yourself. You're you're in here plenty. You see the lads around. Yeah. Um, I think we're very fortunate with the team we have around here, with the volunteers we have in Carlo. Um, I I generally do believe it that you have to go a long way to find a more dedicated volunteer workforce and full time staff force. Um, like I really. It's grand me sitting here saying I'm the game's manager and I could easily try and heap the heap of praise and or take all the praise, but it firmly falls on all the lads and that are in here with me and the volunteers as well. Yeah. Come here, look, the position games development manager, it sounds like a daunting position. Can you tell us a bit a little bit about let's say your job, for instance, and so what you do? My job is to oversee all of the coaching and games in Carlo. So I suppose... Is that an underage or is it across the board? No, that's underage. So if you could take it from 17s down, the coaching and games would look after, along with Cushton and Ove, of course. So obviously Cushton and Ove would look after the running of all the underage fixtures and underage games programs we would have a really good link there Joan Doyle is chairwoman there this past few years with Lorraine Maguire as secretary and they're two phenomenal people and the work they do like I, I know I'm probably repeating myself but it's, it's really really they don't get the credit they deserve so that would be one aspect of it and um, you probably know better than most the amount of people we have in on squads at the minute I'm sure you see the van or the buses and cars dropping off and picking up um, Saturday morning is a phenomenal yeah. it really is yeah. because you see buses pulling in you see parents pulling in kids getting onto buses and they're not a lot of them you know they're, they're, they're almost adults at this stage among the 17s and the 15s and the 13s coming down and getting on and then the coaches get on with them the parents have to come back maybe 12 hours later for them and, and that could be repeated two or three times in a day oh, or on a weekend even it's brilliant. Um, like look, obviously we have our Carlo Colts here at under 14s, 15s and 16s and obviously then minors at 17s now. Um, so look, we would we would oversee the Carlo Colts, which is our talent academies as it would have been formerly known. Um, each of the staff members would take a team at 14s and we would bring them through then with our volunteer coaches up to minor. So we'd pass them on to minor then. And then we recycle and take another group of 14, bring them through again. So I, like the current minor football group this year, I would have taken them at 14s, 15s, 16s and brought them in or passed them on to the minors. And I'm back now in my second year of a new cycle. So I have the under 15s this year, for example. Um, so it's brilliant. Look, it's, it's probably the most thoroughly enjoyable part of the job. Um, you have young lads coming in from every corner of the county whose dream is to represent Carlo. And they're looking in, and Dr. Cullen, their network's calling today, say, at your Dara Foley's, Jordan Morrissey's, all these lads, and all they want to do is play out there. So, um, look, it's thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. There's a great and, system. And, and tell me this, it must be more difficult 
to be a games development administrator or officer in Carlo did let's say Kerry and Kelly, Tipperary, Limerick, Tyrone. Like in fairness to the smaller counties, there is not that much silverware comes into the counties. Now, listen, you know that if we're going to base our sport on, on silverware and enjoyment, we might as well all give it up. But it's still it's still a nice little something to aim for. Oh, 100%. Look, uh, someone told me a great phrase a couple of years ago. Um, and he works in the office here. Everyone knows a great friend in Hayden. And was, if you have 32 counties in Ireland and one wins it, does that mean the other 31 are all losers? And if we were to take that approach, we'd have to tell every child that comes into the Carlo Colts, look, you're a loser because you haven't won in all Ireland. And obviously, you're never going to take that approach. Yes, it might be easier for a Kenny or a Dublin to entice players to come in because, look, Dublin have won seven, eight, nine in a row. Kenny have won X, Y, Z. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the grow for both Gaelic football and Hurling and Carroll I'm in Carlow now nearly 13 years and the, the grow for it is phenomenal. From the clubs, from the people you meet on the street, from everyone. Like, it's not as if the grow isn't there. Everyone wants to represent their club. Every young chap uh, wants to represent their county. Um, so I suppose I don't see it, or we don't see it here as uh, we're trying to chase lads to get them to come play with Carlow, which is brilliant. And thank God we don't. Um, and I would put that back to the clubs and the good work that's been done there because they're encouraging their players to challenge themselves to be the best that they can be um, look not everyone is going to be able to play for Carlo or win Leinster's or win National League but everyone can go on and represent their club at some level whether it's adults senior intermediate junior everyone can get involved in committees like there's so many roles within the GEA and I suppose that's why it's such a fantastic organisation. Yeah. And tell me the calls. Yes. What's these guys that I see heading off somewhere on a, on a Saturday or Sunday morning, are they the courts? Yes. So our courts are under 14, under 15 and under 16. So we have six, three, three courts football teams, that's it, and three courts hurling teams. And how and they, the initial call select call selection? How many how many are on it? Oh sure, it varies. Like they say, the first calls team that was ever I was down there at the launch of that. It seems like donkeys years ago now, and um, I can't remember even how many were on that first team. So generally, you would have like it varies every year in the men that would come in for trial, and that's for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's just low numbers at that age. We generally for football could have anywhere from 100 to 120 kids in for trial and hurling obviously just be slightly lower but purely just because there's a lower playing population in the hurling. Um, we would trial them sort of across a year. So for example, last year what we would have done is they would have come in in June for a couple of trial days at Fenna. Then they would have come in in July for a couple of days, August for a couple then obviously if your club fixtures that look all the staff would be out at a lot of different matches whether it's going out to look at players or if the matches are in Fenna you could just be in Stuart or something so you're getting to look at these lads so much um, and then you would reduce the panel down to generally you carry about 40 or so players 
and yeah. that would go the other But now the probably the best thing about the Colts is sometimes the Colts isn't for everyone. Sometimes they find it's too much commitment. They might be playing soccer at a high level, rugby at a high level. And um, we would always describe it as it's a revolving door. We've had players come in at 14. I won't name any names, but like we've had players come in at 14, come on to 15. They might have just said, you know what, this isn't for me. Or maybe they might have stepped away for a while. Or if the panel had to be reduced for whatever reason, they might have been released back to their club. But we would always say it's a revolving door. The door never shuts for anyone. Brilliant. I know Brilliant. Yeah. current minor setup, for example, that might have been released back to their clubs that are under 15 are in prime position to start for the minor team this year. So like they're never out of the system. We'd have coaches on to us saying, might ring us on a random day and say, I have Johnny here in forever. He's going really well. We'll just have a look at him. We bring them in, might come in for six weeks or whatever, train with us see is it for them so it's it's not as if i think the perception obviously sometimes of a academy squad is well you get picked at 14 and you're on it then to your 18 and no one else gets a chance and that's that's not the way it works here thankfully and you know something what you've done is you you've answered my next question because the next question was what percentage of the initial calls selection goes on to play senior with their county or seeing you with our club, and I think you've answered that question. Well, there was unless a, you want to add to it, there was a study done, and I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll have to find it for you a few years ago, and it was done across a selection of uh, counties. And I reckon the three players maximum from a squad will make it to adult inter county level. So. You're trying to create get three players from under 14 to go on to play a senior. Now, what we would look at that as is that's brilliant if we can get three players. But if we have a panel of 40, our goal then is right. If we can't get any more than three, can we send 37 players back to their clubs better than the way when they come in with us? Can they start bringing what they learned with us to everyone else in their club to further develop the club environment? And I think that's hugely important as well. And um, like I think if you look at the current senior footballers, for example, not sure if there's many lads on it. If I had the list in front of me, I could go through it, but I would say 95% of that squad were either a Carlo Colt or for some of the more senior players, yeah. they were in on the academy squads before they were known as the Colts. So okay. it, we are it is producing senior footballers and hurlers, which is brilliant. Yeah. And what gives you the most satisfaction? Um, when you with the squads or with the role in well, general? just funny with the, maybe the job in general, like you know. Sorry, I've gone away from the course. If I just go back to yourself, no. um, when you have players coming down training and leaving training, looking forward to coming back the next day. It's a very, very rewarding feeling, whether that is working with a squad or, or going out to work with an individual club and a certain team in the club and helping coaches there. Knowing that, or a school, whatever it might be, knowing that a child has finished the half hour or hour we've spent with them with a draw or a better love for GA. I think there's nothing more rewarding. Like our job is to promote GA to 
try and get more people involved with GA. Um, so knowing that, right, in that 30 minute session I'm after doing there, that child has gone away with a, a bigger love for the game. I don't think there's any anything more more uh, rewarding than that. And like, it's very important to have the right coaches in because if you haven't got the right coaches in, the children and the players that they coach will will pick up on that very quickly. And and I've and I've known it from my own experience coaching a bit of rugby. I've had good teams, but there was times I knew I had lost the players. And yeah. and that's vital, particularly in the job that you're doing. Yeah. Massively. And look, I think the most important thing is that we remember whether you're going around to your coaching your club, you're coaching the county. We might only have them children for an hour and a half, an hour. We don't know what's going on in their lives that day, what they're going through at school or home life. We have them for one hour, let's say, and they've chose to be there for that hour. We can't, it doesn't matter if I've had a bad day at work or I'm stressed. If I come down there for that hour and I'm grumpy or I'm not smiling or I'm not engaged, kids are going to understand that. They're not stupid. Um, we have to give them the best GA experience possible. Like I said, this might be the best hour of their week. For example, like I'm thinking worst case scenario, God knows what's going on. So it's up to us as coach developers and as coaches to remember that the kid is always the centre of this. We want to just build that rapport, ensure that for the 30 minutes hour, they're just having fun, they're enjoying themselves and they're leaving going, I can't wait to go back there next week. Yeah, yeah. And changing the subject again, the minor, is that working going from 17s to 18s? Personally, and, and I will, I, I love the questions, Mulvin. I, I honestly think it doesn't because I think the gap between 17s to 20 is huge. And I also feel that under 17 All-Ireland finals in Croke Park, I know we've had COVID breaking everything up. I, I'm not quite sure if it's a daunting place for 17-year-olds where 18s, there's a big, there's a big, whatever, they, they mature very, a lot more quickly from 17 to 18. If you know, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I understand completely what you're saying. Um, yeah, it's a funny one. Um, it is, and I sort of I toss and turn about where I stand on it on a weekly basis. And um, I think for a person to be going to play adult football at 18, like you said, you're sorry, sorry, probably still 17 in some cases. And um, physically, it's a massive step up. Uh, I think potentially maybe 15 years ago you could have got away with it a little more like I remember like I think I might have played my first adult game I was 15 in goals and like in hindsight like at the time obviously it's all you want to do but in hindsight now like, it, it was crazy and I know there's loads of stories about that like, of other people in that situation um, whereas the game has gone so physical and fast now and um, we're probably a lot more. And aware. are you talking? You're about both football and hurling. Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah. yeah. Like if you look at the size of, if you look at you can look at hurling there. Look at the look at Kyle Hayes there or Gregory from Kilkenny. Like, and that's picking or Limerick. That's two Limerick examples. Even look at our own lads there, James Doyle or uh, Chris Nolan. Like they're big, strong, physical men. And um, for a seventeen-year-old to go up and get a smack off one of them is is a different gravy. And I think that extra year of physical development and also as well, maturity, like it's an extra year of 
developing your maturity levels before you go into that adult environment. So it is, I do think it's something that's probably going to be revisited. Like I said, you can ask me this question tomorrow and I could probably come back and say, no, I agree because of exams and how important they are. So it is something I sort of toss and turn on regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I understand that. Come here, what do you think of a split season? Uh, as a club player, I think it's working. Um, I really do. Um, I feel sorry at times now for the inter-county player because it's, it's very full on and it's probably a longer season for a lot of them. Um, as a spectator now, watching Carlo and watching uh, Loud every week, it's great. You're, you match every weekend to watch at this stage or to go to. Yeah. Um, I do think it was important that the, the GA sort of refocused on the club game and give, a chance, give the clubs a chance to sort of to flourish. Um, so no, at the minute, I'm enjoying it. Um, like I said, I think I think a lot of clubs now as well, especially rural clubs. There's a lot of people playing soccer, a lot of people playing rugby as well. The rural clubs are probably struggling, and town clubs. There's no point saying different. Um, when the seasons are overlapping, whereas now, at least you know that you have your block fairly late in the summer or early in the summer, depending on whether it's hurling or football, and you can just really enjoy it. And it it, it is benefiting the clubs. You mentioned the word rugby, and I'll have to, I have to say that it's completely outside your control. But five o'clock last Sunday in Netwatch, Saturday in Netwatch Cullen Park, there was a lot of lads on the phones looking at rugby matches, and there was I, a lot I, of people didn't come to the ground. It was it was one of those days. It was a funny one, all right. Um, I I was wondering how that would work out because, uh, Asher, look, I think given the weekend that was in it, you were always going to get uh, a few watching the old rugby whether it was in here or at home or in the middle of town yeah 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 but it, it took from the Sligo and Carlo game I know there wouldn't have been a huge call up but it's anyway but I'd say it I did a course it dropped it the attendance I did right. every game that was on at that time whether it was important or not suffered from it yeah yeah, yeah. No move on says you tell me you did, we did go talk about the split season but the club players at the moment I, in Carlo, I don't know what about any other county, but I wouldn't say they're being that well served by the split season. I know it'll it'll ramp up later in the year, but it seems to be a very short season for them now. And it's a discussion I've had with Paul Bradwick and Shane Redmond before. I I don't know where the answer is. Have you any brainwave there that will sort it out? Well, look, it's never going to be straightforward. Um, and I think in every county, it's not straightforward. Um. I have to say, obviously, I work for Carol GA and I have nothing to do with the, the senior fixtures. I think if you look at what was brought in this year, they're after bringing in, the clubs all said, look, we need promotion and relegation in the leagues. That's been brought in. I think it's a huge positive. Um, the clubs said that we needed to go back to leagues where it was eight or nine matches rather than two groups of four. The county board have done that. Um, so, like, I think... They take a lot of slick or slack, but I think that's a, a big positive. Um, I think we need to strengthen up our leagues. Um, obviously, we have a dual county here. There's hurling on, there's football on. If you look at a lot of other counties, they probably, they mightn't say it, but they probably aren't dual. Like they have football and hurling, but that doesn't mean you're dual. Um, yeah, whereas yeah. here, we're lucky we have uh, strong in both. They share all the resources that are there equally. Yeah, well, I think 
I, my knowledge, they do, and from what I can see, they are doing. Like we're trying to best serve everyone in the county, and um, like the footballers had a great run a few years ago. When you look back, at, let's say Poacher and Turlo and all that, the hurlers at the same time have had great runs, and Joe Mack and the Christy Ring and the leagues. Like so, I wouldn't say no. I definitely I wouldn't agree that, that they're given one more than the other. I think the county board is always very fair in that regard. That. No, I'm not us. saying that. I'm saying that oh, they no, are. I know. They are, I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. No, I agree. Sorry. They're looking at everything very fairly in 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, listen, we're, we're nearly there now. Ben Lebrana, what are you doing this year? Are you, are you lining out a full forward or you're back in the goal with the bar? Oh, or, oh, or what are you doing? That's top secret, so it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'll, I'll, should we give it another Nash for another year? I was just looking today. I've five years in Ben Lebrana and I've been promoted twice out of intermediate and I've been relegated back to intermediate twice and I've won where I didn't get relegated so it's it's 2-2 two, two at the minute so I have yeah, to Yeah, I'm saying that which do you have two intermediate championship medals haven't you? Two intermediates I have two relegations as well though and Yeah, well, we won't talk about those ones but the two <laughs> the two intermediates must have given you a lot of satisfaction like what did you uh, open loud said have you Ah uh, look it was you, brilliant look I was like I said, I played my club football in Loud for a long time. We were interme- intermediate um, in Loud. And sure, never we never won it. We were always semi-finals, just couldn't get over the line. And I actually went to America in 2016 for the summer. And they won the intermediate the year I went. So maybe that was why. Yeah, so yeah. I, had no, I had no medals at senior level. I had a good underage career, but... To come down here then in 2018 and the first year we got over the line was Asher, it's euphoric, it was amazing. And look, I, I'm i very, very grateful to Van Lebrana. Um, like they took me in, made me a part of the family up there. It is, it's a small club, it, it really is a close-knit community and family. Um, like there's great stuff going on there at the minute in relation to redevelopments and fundraising and like, it really is turning into such a a big part, an even bigger part of the community up there, should I say. Yeah, it really is, so, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it is it fair to ask you which which of those two intermediates gave you the most satisfaction? Um should it were different, I suppose. 2018 was was special because it was my first year and it was my first medal. But um 2020 was obviously called during the COVID. So we played who did we play? Aero potentially. I think, well, I think it was Aero we played in the semi final. And we were down to play Kildavan in the final like a week later or 10 days later. And COVID hit and shut it all down. And when I look back now, like the work that was done in WhatsApps and tracking runs and players getting out running the road, the work we done before that final eventually got played as individuals. I knew, although we nearly threw it away on the day, I, I knew going into time we were never going to bet. Because I, I remember I that, knew... Jack. Daniel St. Ledger literally had he come onto the pitch. And, no, he, he hadn't started. He hadn't started. And he, started. And he showed and, his class. And Look, Killy Bregman as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Two boys yeah. come on, and like we were probably comfortable up until half time. We conceded a goal just before half time, pulled away again. And again, they got a couple of goals that just give them life and we were holding on but again I knew I knew we wouldn't be bet I, I just knew that we had that we had enough work done as a team and we actually then we had lost our manager from the semi-final to the final yeah 
Um, and not only brilliant, I mean, put a lot of work into it. So like, we went through a lot, but I suppose the long-winded answer, I love them both for different reasons, but if you forced me to pick, I'd have to go to 2018 because we won we won the four cups that year. We done that's the right. League, that's right. The, yeah. and the junior league and championship as well. And yeah, it was just brilliant. Owen, Owen, your manager was always getting on to me. He he said you never you never tip bad at Bradley once. He says it obviously works for you, but it's working for us as well. He says you know, <laughs> and I didn't know whether he was being serious or not because he could have the serious side to him. But then then you then you might look at him and say maybe he's not so serious after all. He's only winding me up. But uh, certainly, yeah. I, I didn't fancy in I think in a lot of matches, and I think that upset him a tiny bit. Ah, uh, sure. I think it was. I I remember that because I think it was. If we played the Blues, or maybe it was the Blues in the semi-final of the first one, we were 10 points up and we threw it away and they drew with us. And I remember he said, all oh, everyone's after telling you is you've had your chance and you left it behind you. And yeah. sure, lo and behold, then the next day, we got, they led the whole day and we got the lucky goal at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what happens. And the ebb and flow, and you wouldn't have it any other way. No, definitely not. Sure. That's, that's why we love it. Yeah, yeah. And um, listen, you've a new manager there now. Yes, Damien McMahon, yeah. Damien in with us there now. Um, so look, it's great. We're up and running. Um, look, there's just a buzz about the place um, at the minute that's just infectious. Um, everyone's enjoying it. Um, and we're just, everything, everything's just going in the right direction at the minute, I think. Look, like everyone, we're all just mad for matches now and to get a good run of games and see where we're going. But no, look, we're very lucky we got Damien in. Um, I would have worked in, with Damien previously with the minors. Um, so look, we have a relationship there. But luckily after bringing a, a new dimension to Van Labrana and a new buzz and luck, it's yeah, really good. New managers do bring in different properties. Yeah, and Owen had his and Damien will have his, no doubt. And, you're looking even listening to you there. I can obviously see that you are looking forward to a new season. And if yourself is, you may be sure the rest of the players and the management team are. Who else is on the management team? Uh, we've got Damien, is obviously the manager. We've Jim Dunn, who's a former player, and John Sheen, who's a former player. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Two wise be delighted they're getting a shout out here now. They're the unsung heroes, apparently. All right, all right. You're all unsung heroes there when I see yeah. when I see when I see you heading off on a Saturday morning with thirteens and fifteens and Colts and whatever. You're all unsung heroes. It's look, it's great to talk to you. And um, listen, I let you go back to whatever you're doing now. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much. More than happy to do it.